Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Nicholas LaRue, the founder and CEO of Colexius, an alternative legal services provider. Hi, Nicholas. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Colexius. I'm a lawyer from Geneva, Switzerland. I used to practice in the field of international arbitration and public international law in a big law firm. The way the law firms were addressing their clients' requirements started to make little sense to me. I was wondering about things like the billing hour and how to give the most value to the clients. Nine years ago, I decided to start something new and I started Calixus, which is an ILSP. It's been a long journey. The first few years were interesting. We've tried many things, but we are now at a stage, I think, both for the company and for the ILSP industry in general, where there is much more maturity and clarity in what we do and what we can bring in terms of value to clients. How do you define an ALSP? ALSP stands for Alternative Legal Services Provider. Essentially, it's a way for the more innovative legal services firms like us to express the fact that they are not traditional law firms. So some of them focus on staffing. Many of them focus on e-discovery. What we and a few others do is that we mainly concentrate on identifying and delivering volume in relation to contracts and corporate work. That's because when you have volume, that's where you can truly leverage and have the benefits from process review and the application of technology. What is the difference between an ALSP and a legal technology company? An ALSP is not a legal tech company because an ALSP, in the sense, at least for us, is effectively an outsourcing company. It's very similar to what happens in the IT or the HR space. So we do use legal tech in the delivery of services, and it helps us to be more efficient. But our core business is really services which drive legal transformation. Legal transformation for us, it's about how to make the legal department leaner, how to make it more productive, and also more enjoyable for the lawyers that work there by freeing them from the more routine part of their job. So it takes a lot of things to achieve this. It takes a lot of pieces of the puzzle, and tech is one of them. But one of the problems that we find in the market today is that the terms transformation and technology are often conflated by lawyers, whereas actually tech is only one piece of the puzzle. It's called a tool for a reason. If I wake up tomorrow and I say, I need to trim some fat, I must exercise more. Well, the first thing I'm going to buy a nice pair of trainers or bike, but then the hard part comes. I need to actually start running or actually get on that bike. Buying tech, that's relatively easy. It's trendy, everyone's excited. The CEO wants to see tech everywhere, so it's easy to get a budget, but actually transforming the way your department works, the way people interact with each other, et cetera, that's much harder. And that's where an ALSP and outsourcing are usually part of the solution because it's just too difficult to do it alone. The naked truth is that an ALSP can deliver more savings than just tech. We did a study recently, it was about contract review, where we found that using contract review software delivered about 21% in that case of savings. 21% is not nearly as much as you can save when you use an ALSP, when you use outsourcing, or better, when you use ALSP outsourcing and technology. How can in-house legal teams incorporate an ALSP into their portfolio of service providers? The first step when we work with clients is always a consulting process. We go in and we ask people to tell us what they do. That's also a very interesting fact about legal departments compared to other functions within big corporates. Often they don't know what they do. They have very little data 
on the activities of the various people. When you draw it out, you realize that a lot of relatively simple work is being done by very senior people. And that's the key. It's right sourcing. It's finding the right resource for the right work type. It can be someone who's more junior than the person who's doing the work currently. It can be a paralegal. It can be someone in a local center in the U.S. We have local centers in the U.S. Or it can be someone offshore. We have offshore centers in Israel, for example. But it's usually a combination of all of this. And everyone wins because what happens often is that those senior lawyers that were initially reluctant when we started the review, the consulting, because they were scared for their job, because they were just uneasy with change. After we've implemented the transformation, after we've done the outsourcing, they go, hey, actually feels pretty good not to waste time anymore on those NDAs or those TNCs or whatever. So it's a learning process for the in-house teams to get to know how to leverage an LSP. And it's about getting people to understand that change, including outsourcing, is actually an opportunity for everyone. Where does further change need to occur? It's a mindset. The legal profession is built on the idea that services are bespoke and artisan, and that's how law firms justify their fees. For the most part, it's true. I used to practice international investment arbitration. It took me 10 years and a PhD just to start understanding what this was about. But if you look at M&A advice, if you look at litigation, if you look at regulatory, it's often the same. It's very bespoke and it does require handpicked senior people that have loads of experience in their legal field, in their industry, and frankly, a lot of raw brain power. That's the catch. That's really the issue is that because the majority of the work is like this, Lawyers tend to assume that everything they do is bespoke, strategic, and super high value, but it's not. The classic example that gets thrown around a lot is NDAs, but if you drill down in specific industries, you find many other instances. It can be TNCs in retail, it can be vendor contracts, it can be routine corporate work for companies that have entities to manage around the world. All of that work can be playbooked, can be streamlined, and can and should be outsourced at a lower cost. So the change that needs to occur is a realization by lawyers that not everything is bespoke, not everything is strategic. It's not only a realization, but it's also learning to address that because lawyers have been trained to do everything in a bespoke artisanal way. And the reality is that some of those things have to be approached in a more standardized way. How can leaders in law departments persuade reluctant stakeholders to adapt to their approach? Stakeholders outside of the legal department have no problem with that at all. That's because every other corporate function has gone through that process a long time ago. HR has been outsourced. IT has been outsourced. Payroll, debt recovery, you name it, everything. Usually not all of it, just a portion of the function, just the more tactical parts of it. When I say outsource, I don't mean necessarily offshore. Many of our people actually sit at clients' premises and they are really a flexible extension of the internal team. So it's not a matter of location, it's a matter of who does what. Legal is the only one that has not really gone through that process of going, hey, what should I keep in-house? What should I outsource? What should I give to someone who's got scale, who knows how to do that sort of work, who knows how to do those NDAs, those routine TSCs, that routine corporate work, and who can do it more efficiently than I can ever possibly do it? What we've seen in terms of the legal stakeholders is that there is an initial reluctance because there's a concern they're going to cut our jobs or they're going to offshore our jobs. That's usually not the case. What happens usually is that the outsourcer, the ALSP, comes in as a welcome addition to the existing team to bring flexibility, to bring a new approach, and to bring capabilities that the in-house lawyers do not have. 
You mentioned that some of your team used to sit on site and as a result of the pandemic, no longer do so. Do you expect that to shift back? Has that been a concern? I don't think there will be a specific answer for us in the sense that whoever was sitting in the office before will come back to the office to the extent that the client's personnel goes back to the office. So it's really driven by the clients, not really by us. We've seen that already. We have people in countries where things have opened, like in the UK, where if the client has told its own staff to come back two days a week, well, basically our consultants are going back two days a week. Now, the wider question is, to what extent will the trend towards work from home make easier for companies to use LSPs? And I think the answer is that it will be easier and it should be a further driver growth for us. We had cases before where we had people, they were not in the right location. For example, we have people in Denver and Colorado. If we have a client in Texas, then obviously they can't go in the office every day. Now that everyone will be working remotely at least part of the time, it makes it easier for us to offer an outsource solution from Denver to Texas, from Israel to the US than it used to be. So it will further strengthen the growth of the LSP sector. Where do you see legal services headed? We are going to see increasingly a division of labor between those providers that focus on high value work, international litigation, M&A, very strategic work that requires highly trained specialists. On the other hand, providers like Calexius and other ALSPs that focus more on the commoditized work, the lower value work that can be addressed through a combination of people and technology and through scale. It's similar to what has happened in other industries, in some cases, centuries ago. If you look at fashion, and most of us buy our clothes off the shelf, you can also go to a Pret-à-Porter, a Yves Saint Laurent in Paris, and they will design a dress for you. So when you're the GC of a big listed company and you want to do a takeover of another big listed company, well, you go to Yves Saint Laurent and they will design for you a very nice strategy. When you need to negotiate 2,000 or 3,000 TNCs every year with your providers, it doesn't make sense to go to Yves Saint Laurent. You go to buy something that is commoditized. The market is starting to see this and still very much focused on tech because it has waken up to the possibilities of tech. The next step will be realizing Tech alone does not work. What really works is tech with a provider that knows how to leverage the tech, that has the scale. That's where we will see that big shift where lower value work is not being done by law firms, it's not being done by in-house anymore. You have a sort of three-tier approach with the high value in law firms, the sort of middle standard in-house and the lower value with ALSPs. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Nicholas LaRue, the founder and CEO of Calexius, an alternative legal services provider. Nicholas, thank you so much. Thank you, Ari. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.